The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus went with James and John straight to the house of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon's mother-in-law had gone to bed with fever, and they told him about her straight away. He went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by devils. The whole town came crowding round the door, and he cured many who were suffering from diseases of one kind or another. He also cast out many devils, but he would not allow them to speak because they knew who he was. In the morning, long before dawn, he got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. Simon and his companions set out in search of him, and when they found him, they said, Everybody is looking for you. He answered, Let us go elsewhere, to the neighboring country towns, so that I can preach there too, because that is why I came. And he went all through Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out devils. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, let's break the word of the Lord. What I want to speak about or share with you my reflection as I prepare, which I did yesterday at one of the parish there. The common thread that runs through all the readings, I want to touch is on the subject of attitude. And to put a bit more on the point, faith, attitude that we need to adopt, that we need to grow into, in which then it has to become part and parcel of our being as Christians, a human Christian. This is vital because eventually we find that this is what it's all about because we have to learn, as St. Paul puts it in his writing, learn to have the mind and the heart of Jesus. So he's talking about attitude, which in the English definition of this word, it means it implied about character, about mentality, about perception, and how we apply it in our relationship, not only with God, but with each other, more with each other, okay? And if you like, if it is good and positive, loving attitude, it will help us a long way to go to become a better person. If it's negative, it's going to pull us down. It's going to offend others. It's going to offend God, and we're going to hurt ourselves too, okay? So we find then in Jesus who calls us to learn to be like him, not externally, because we are not going to wear long hair, beard, and all the sandal and kind of a Middle Eastern ancient kind of a dress. No, it's about internal character, personality, attitude. Okay, to do that, let's capture the three characters before Jesus. You have Job, you have the psalmist, and you have Paul, the apostle. Okay, I'm going to spend a bit of time, huh? not until midnight with you, okay? All right. Just, just a bit longer, just to touch, because that's where we pick up the lesson, and I hope you can pick it up. Okay, the story of Job is from the Old Testament, and it's a narrative that uh, 
may not be about a real figure, but definitely about somebody there in whole journey there that have that possess such characteristic. Job is described as a very good person, a man of God. That means he is truly a friend of God, a lover of God, and who live his life beautifully for God and others. So he received that blessing from God, good health, big family, loving wife, many children, many properties, herds of, and flocks of sheep, cattle, and, so, and goats, and so forth. So he was really a very rich and wealthy man, at the same time, a good man, a friend of God. Then the scenario changed. We have Satan, the one who opposes God, and everything connected with the goodness of God in us, challenge God and say, you say he is good because he has got everything from you, all the blessing that a person needs to really be faithful to you. So Satan challenged God. Let me put him to the test to see whether it's true or not. If I were to remove everything, the blessing, let's see whether he'll be faithful. That's the background of it, okay? I want you to be aware of that. And the text we have just selected was about him being so crippled by all this trials and testing. God allows Satan to test. God has faith in Job. The only condition God said to Satan, okay, you can, you can test him, but don't you dare touch his person. All right, that's the condition. So Satan tested Job, giving him a lot of problems. He lost his property, he lost his uh, inheritance, he lost his wealth, everything to the point that he even lost his health. He was hit by terrible skin diseases that even his closest friends suspected in the ancient days. When you sin, when you have all this kind of disease, that means you have sinned against God, you're in trouble. That's how they see. That's how they saw it. And so that's, that's the background that, we, that I want you to be aware of when we hear the first reading just now. So at that point, Job was telling God, and for everybody to hear his friends said, what is life all about? It's so painful, okay? It's so suffering. It's no meaning in it at all. I can't sleep, and then I wake up, it's so boring, it's so painful. And when I sleep, I just... And when I rest, I cannot really sleep, sleepless nights. That's how the story to that narrative described, that's his condition. But later on, if you read more, you'll find that he was faithful to God even when the trial hits him so hard. That's what we want to pick up. That means his faith attitude with God did not diminish even when he had to suffer so much when he lost all his wealth and power and comfort and joy and love with his children, his animals, and so forth. The, he really was brought right down. His faith attitude remained steadfast. That's the thing that you and I have to pick it up. Because we will all go through somehow, may have gone through or going through or will go through some kind of trials that will test us whether we really believe in God and whether we really let God work in us even when we are in deep trouble. Okay? Stop that one. Okay. Now let's go to the Psalms. He wrote a psalm of praise to God at a time when there's so much problem too. You can read that one. You can see it's coming out. Israel as a nation, as a people, individual form together, was sent into exiles. 
And often the history of Israel being in exile was because they were unfaithful to God. They did not keep the covenant of God. And so when they put God out of the picture, what do they have? They are just a small nation and the neighbors and enemies were much bigger than them. Even today, you can see Israel, how small, surrounded by all the other Middle Eastern countries that want to get at Israel, isn't it? Okay? So that's how it was. So the psalmist did not lose faith. He learned, he learned, and he went through, and then he looked to God, and he continued to focus on God, that God is in charge of everything. He is the Lord of heavens, everything out there, and of the earth. He is in control. But he let us play and dance as we want to in our lives. But he is in charge, he sees. So the psalmist was very aware, and he never forget that one. That kept him going, that's why he could articulate that and tell his fellow Israelite or Jews, do not be afraid, look at God constantly, focus on that. Stop that one. Now let's go to St. Paul. That man, very smart, very intelligent guy, genius in fact, in the ancient world of his standard, all right? But just because he's smart doesn't mean he get God, you know? No, he, he, he did not get God at all. He thought he got it through the Torah. But God is more than just the written text, whether it's on paper, on papyrus, on tablets. God is beyond all that. Okay? It's we who need the tools here to write it, to record it, so that we can pass it on or so that we can remember now. But God is beyond all that. Just like today, God was suddenly beyond AI. You can be sure of that. AI is our invention. If we're not careful, we're going to get into trouble with our own invention. Already has shown in history. And so, St. Paul was then looking at God more and more through Jesus because he had an encounter with the divine, with the sacred of God through Jesus. And so, when he wrote that one to the church in Corinth, Corinthians there, they definitely have to go through a lot as a small group of Jews who became Christian and rejected or surrounded by the majority of, Jew, of Jews who denied Jesus. So they got themselves in quite a fix, huh? So Paul is telling them they have to look at Jesus again. And he did that, he did that by looking at himself. Okay, what Jesus had done for him, and that he's willing to suffer for Jesus so that he can share the goodness of Jesus that he experienced with his fellow Jews. Attitude of Paul has become so close to Jesus the psalmist's attitude so close to God. And Job did not falter in his faith, attitude, and relationship with God. Got it? It's important for you and I to be aware of this. Now let's look at the final figure, the ultimate figure that we all have to anchor on, pick it up, just like Job, without knowing Jesus, when he picked up God, the psalmist or so, when Paul, a bit more specific, Jesus. So we are in this part. So we need to look at Jesus more and more. And what does the text here tell us? You read the narratives here from Mark 1.29. It's there. It's given there. Okay? In the synagogue, he went to preach. And then he went to Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house. She was ill. He healed her. And that's where then the whole place become a clinic. At once, a hospital, if you like. Everybody bring their, all their sick and possessed to Jesus, the divine physician who heals and that, become, that is part of his mission, not just preaching and teaching, but that's the heart of it. The healing is just an accompaniment because the healing of the body 
For example, if you are healed, like seeing characters in the gospel, Lazarus was sealed, the blind man was sealed, uh, Jairus' daughter was raised to life again, okay? And the woman with the, the only son died was also raised to life. Question, do you think they die later on? What do you think? Obviously, they have to die, right? Just because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead doesn't mean he will go on to live forever, huh? He died. His tomb is there in Israel. And so the heart of Jesus' teaching is about God's love and mercy and goodness. And here we capture that. Because in the end, when he get away from all these, the disciples went after him, searched for him, found him. His reply was very good. I came not just for this group, but others. But he said important thing, they found him where? In the business of all this healing ministry, teaching, people wants him. He just get away because he need to spend time in his human nature with God. That's the key. All of us today must also always go back to the center of our Christian vocation. God in Jesus. That means we must, in the business of life, with all the distraction and problems and conflicts and pain, we must go back to God every day, as often as possible, in order to get our bearing, so that good can come up from that dialogue, that conversation, that intimacy with God. Without that, we'll be operating from our own human resources, and our human resources, as we say, are filled with a lot of problems and faults and feelings. Okay? So, attitude, faith attitude is very important. We have to learn to grow into that. You can't buy that at a supermarket. You can be sure of that. That faith attitude in relationship with Christ demands us to grow into Him every time. So that as we get more and more into the Lord, we are secure inside us. And that's what we need in order to go through life, many trials and difficulties and problems. As he also said, Jesus himself said, if you build your house on sand, you're going to get into trouble when trials come. The storm of life comes, the wind, that house will collapse. But if you build your house on rock, and that is Jesus, you're going to be stable in the face of all the trials and tribulation that comes. And it comes in many forms, not just... Uh, losing your wealth and your property and you become poor. But the most difficult one, you can be sure, is when you fall sick. And everyone falls sick. Whether we are rich or poor, male or female, young or old, we fall sick. When that sickness goes into the, into the depth of seriousness, that's where you're going to get into trouble if your faith foundation is not there. Okay? So faith attitude is vital. And you've got to build this up, not once a week, but every time in your life daily. You've got to work it out with Jesus, okay? Look at Jesus himself in his humanity, not just his divinity, but in his, in his humanity. He worked it out with God so much, okay? And it shows in the page of the gospel to the point that he was so strong in one with God. That's why he can say, to see me is to see the Father. The Father and I are one. Amazing. And that's what it takes for him to get to his passion, his suffering, his rejection, condemnation, and death on the cross. You think that was easy? That wasn't easy at all. Try it if you don't believe. It's not easy. 
Okay? But we have to ask the question then, how did he get? Where did his strength come from? Definitely, we have to conclude quite easily his union with God, the power and the strength to not only preach and teach and heal and deliver, but to forgive, giving all of us the chance to get back to God. So we too need to build up our faith relationship and attitude with God. Don't underestimate this. Don't take risks. At the last minute, you pray and say, God, forgive me, and then go to heaven. You'd be surprised that's not the case. 